Well, 2020, coming to a close, to a year near you. <laughs> it has been it has been a year, and I, I know, I understand, just because this is the last week we're heading into 2021, there's not anything magical that happens at this. It's just a date, right? But there is something about closing out a year. There is something about entering in. It's, it's, it's a mark on a calendar that there is something more that is coming. And so if you're like me, you are looking forward to 2021 and the changes that we believe and hope are going to come about. And I don't know about you, but uh, my Christmas this year in 2020, uh, well, it, it was a little bit different. Like many of you, I, I spent my holidays differently. Uh, we saw a few immediate family members, but uh, my parents, my in-laws had to watch online. And yesterday when we had uh, my grandson over, I was holding my phone up so my, my parents could see what was going on and the gifts that were being opened. And we certainly felt there was a level of heaviness. We felt the distance and the separation more than ever. On Christmas Day this year, uh, it was just my wife and I, and luckily we like each other. That would have been really awkward. Um, but in the quiet of this holiday, I was reflecting on other holidays, other Christmas times and celebrations that I had with my family as a child. And my sister and I, would we had many different gatherings. We would gather together with my aunts and uncles and my cousins and my younger cousins always thought I was funny, but I was the only boy uh, that would show up at all of these events, only boy on both sides of the family. And I think it was because I was a boy and I was immature and ignorant, uh, so they thought I was funny, and I had that going for me. And I probably still do. But uh, one of my memories that I had was my grandmother would make oyster soup. And I still, to this day, I haven't learned as to how that started, but I can still taste it today. And I haven't had it in probably 30 years, but it was good. But I don't know where that tradition came from. I don't know how that started. But every year we would gather together and we would enjoy this oyster soup together. I don't know about you, but in the chat room, what are some of the different ways that you celebrated this year? What was different about this Christmas for you? And it could be encouraging, or it might be disheartening for you. Like, what were those things that you missed? What was different about this year? And it wasn't just Christmas, right? It wasn't just Christmas. It was the entire year. And as we are reflecting this week on 2020 right now, we're only days ahead of 2021, and so we're anticipating, we're going in and we're reflecting on 2020. Unless you're Ethiopian, and we have a team that goes to Ethiopia almost every year. Uh, Ethiopia is on a whole different calendar. They're on a Coptic calendar. Uh, it is now 2013 in Ethiopia. Uh, it just, uh, their, their calendar turned over in September. And I don't know if I want to be the one to tell them that 2020 is coming. But anyway, that's a whole different ballgame. But you have navigated the struggle of working from home, uh, school from home, online meetings, wearing masks, curbside pickups, installing new apps, using new phones, new technology, struggling with COVID, struggling with other health concerns, wrestling with depression and anxiety and fear. You've been caring for family in need, and you've been grieving alone over loved ones who have been lost. Attending church 
remotely from your living room or even your car. And you are hopeful that things are going to change in 2021. I am too. But I want you to know that in the midst of all of this, that God has been moving and oftentimes behind the scenes. You know, when I was, when I was recalling my past Christmases, I remember our families, we grew up going to church, and I remember my family would gather together, and it was usually around this time of year, after the Christmas uh, celebrations were over, that on Sunday night we would gather together and we would have this hymn sing or testimony night. If, if you grew up that way in the chat room, if you remember even what a hymn sing is, if you recall that, just put the word yes in the chat room. Let us know that you remember what these nights were all about. And I'm not sure if it was designed to give the preacher a break, but it was a fun night where everyone gathered together. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, let me explain it to you. It was a group karaoke night. At least it felt that way to me. Everyone would uh, gather together for worship, and, uh, and the worship leader would get up, and he would invite us to shout out the numbers that were in the hymnal. And so we had these hymnal books with numbers of all the songs, and you didn't have to name the song or anything. You just had to shout out the number, 145. And the worship leader would turn to the pianist and say, hey, do you know this hymn? Can we sing this chorus together? And everyone would stand, and they were normally songs of praise, songs of hope, Songs like we sang here this morning about God's deliverance out of Egypt. And, and after we would get done singing, the people would sit down. But if you wanted to share, you could remain standing. And you would give a testimony of something that God had done. Something that God was doing in your life. Now, we can't do that here this morning. It would be awkward if you put numbers in the chat room because we wouldn't know what to do with that. But here's what I want you to do. You probably have a favorite song. It might, you might not even know the title. You might just know the words, Seas into Highways. And you're like, I'm not sure what that song is, but that one means a lot to me. So if you could think of a chorus, if you can think of a song, if you could think of a few words that are meaningful to you, I want you to put that in the chat room right now and, and see if, if others feel the same way, if they, if they love the same songs you do. But after we would sing those songs... Someone would stand up and they would give a testimony about how God answered their prayer, how God showed up, how God healed them, and more. And then they'd sit down and somebody would else would yell out, 237, and there would be another song, and we would all stand up and we would sing. I don't know, there was something about those nights that even as a young child, I would hear these stories, and although I didn't fully understand or know all that people were going through, and even though they weren't my personal experiences, I always left with my faith raised. That even if I felt like God was silent for me, I could see what God was doing in the lives of others. And my faith was lifted up. My faith was raised. And as I said, we can't really do that this morning. But I believe that there are ways that God has been at work behind the scenes. That God is moving. Now, I, I, I don't know if the Hebrew nation would all gather together. There is an entire book in the Bible dedicated to songs, and they're all numbered. I don't know if the Hebrew people would gather together or if those would gather in synagogues uh, and they would yell out numbers of the different psalms and they would sing those. They might do that. If there was a psalm that I would yell out today, it would be Psalm 40. 
Psalm 40 is one of my favorite psalms in the scripture. It's a psalm of David. And there's many reasons why it is one of my favorite. One of the reasons it's one of my favorite is because my favorite song, one of my favorite songs of my favorite band ever is called 40. And it's about this psalm. Uh, the band U2, and don't get that confused with YouTube, that's a whole different thing. But the band U2, back in the early 80s, they were recording uh, their second album, and they were in this studio about ready to get kicked out of the studio, but they had one more song to put on their album. And Bono walked over and he opened up his Bible, and he looked at Psalm 40. And they began to put the words together and they turned it into a song. And it became the last song on that album that they had. And for more than a decade at every concert that you 2 did, they would close out the concert with the very words of Scripture. And tens of thousands of people, whether they knew it or not, would close out the evening singing the songs of Psalm 40. Another reason it's one of my favorites is because there was a hymn or a chorus that we would sing on those praise nights, He Brought Me Out. If you know that, put yes in the chat room. But some of you know that song, you know that chorus, and it's based on Psalm 40. And we're going to get into that now. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 40. We're going to look at a few verses today. David here says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry. I love the way the Hebrew words waited patiently are put together. It's a picture image of a rope, a twisted rope. I waited. It's kind of this idea of a rope. And this idea of patience or patiently is the idea of strength or holding on, having a grip. I want you to picture that this morning. David said, he, he, he's writing this in the past tense. You have to understand that. In the Hebrew, it is in the past tense, and we see that here in the text. I think that that is very important for us because David is now on the other side of whatever was happening in his life. He's on the other side of 2020, right? He, he's out of those experiences and that, that difficulty that he was crying out to the Lord for. But what he says is, man, I was holding on. There, there was this rope and I was holding on. And some of you are there this morning. You know what it feels like to hold on, to cry out to God, to say, I don't know if I have anything left. But whatever your circumstances are, know that you can hold on. Know that the Lord is listening. It says the Lord turned to me and heard my cry. It's a picture image of not only God facing us, but of reaching out. It's even this picture idea of casting a net. And you can picture God reaching out, and hopefully for you today, you can picture God reaching out to you and saying, I know what you're going through. I know what you've been through. I'm not sure if you're on this side or the other side of the difficulty, but God is reaching out. He hears your cry. And then he says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on a rock. And gave me a firm place to stand. That idea of lifted me is again this picture image of casting the nets or drawing them out. And David said, whatever my circumstance was, and he doesn't tell us what it is, but whatever difficulty he was in, wherever he felt stuck, he says, man, God drew me out of that. I'm in a different place today. I am standing on solid ground. God delivered me. 
He saved me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. In Jeremiah 38, uh, there's, a, there's a story of the prophet Jeremiah. And the story of Jeremiah takes place almost a thousand years after David wrote this psalm. But it gives us a picture of what David's talking about here. Because this slimy pit is actually the word cistern. It's the idea of a, a dry well. And Jeremiah was placed in this dry well in Jeremiah 38. There was no water in it, but there was just mud and, and, and mire in the bottom of this well. And he sank down into it and he got stuck. And his enemies, they threw him in there because they wanted to leave him. It was his place of death. Jeremiah cried out, and not only did he cry out, but others cried out. They went to the king, and they pleaded with the king to deliver Jeremiah out of this cistern. And the king granted that wish, and more than 30 men, the scripture tells us, they, they tied cloth together, and they took ropes, and they dropped it down, and they drew Jeremiah out out of this mud and mire where he felt stuck. That's this picture image that David is telling us here, that there was a place in his life where he was just felt stuck. And then God drew him out, and he saved him. He was now on solid ground. Now, chances are you're on one side or the other this morning, right? You either feel stuck or you feel saved. You don't have to tell us the whole story, but we would love to know, where are you this morning? Put it in the chat room. If you feel stuck, just, just tell us that. Stuck. Let us know that you're in a place right now where you're just holding on. Maybe you need to ask for prayer this morning. We have places where you can click and you can ask for prayer and people are online, they are hosting. They would love to connect with you and just pray for you because God hears your cries. And some of us, you might be on the other side. There might be things going on in your life right now, but, but whatever those big things are in your life where you felt stuck, you are now on the other side. You are on solid ground. You feel saved. Put that in the chat room. Let others know that there is another side, that God has delivered you, that there is something new that's going on in your life. For those who are on that side, for those who have been delivered like David, David says this, Ah, oh, God put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And then he says, many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. This new song, this expression, right, is, is something that just welled up inside of David. He had to let others know. He had to sing out and declare what God had done. And it wasn't just for his sake. I love what he says here. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. David said, I, I need to express this. I need to tell this story of God's deliverance because I believe that many will see what God has done. They will hear the stories of what God has done. And they will be in awe, fear of what God has done. And they will put their trust in him. People who are holding on will hear the stories of God's faithfulness and it will help them. It will encourage them. They will hold on more as God answers their cries and turns to them. So much so that David says this in verses 9 and 10. He says, I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. 
as people gather together, right? It's the old hymn sing, as everyone is gathered together, man, I'm going to let them all know. I'm going to sing about what God has done. He says, I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart, but I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. In just these two verses, he tells us that he proclaims God's saving acts. It's this picture of a soldier who has been a part of a battle that has been won. And he's asking if he can go tell the king, can, can I be the one to go tell that we have won the battle? There's this, this excitement that you just can't hold in. And that's what David is expressing. I can't hold it in. I need to speak of your faithfulness. He says, I don't hide it. I don't seal it on my lips. I don't hide your righteousness. I don't conceal this. But I need to let others know. God, what David is saying is that God's deliverance, though it might be a personal experience, though it might be in private, God's deliverance in private is to be sung, it is to be declared in public for others to know so that they can put their hope in God, so they can know what it is that God can do for them. In other words, there's nothing else you get today. Man, I hope you get this. God's deliverance in private is to be declared in public. God's deliverance in private. It might be a personal experience. It might be something that just you have gone through. But if God has brought you through and you are on the other side, it is to be declared in public. You don't have to sing it, but sharing the story, letting others know what God has done for you, it will allow others to put their trust in the Lord as they hang on. Like the old hymn sings that we would do in hearing the testimonies, it would encourage others and raise the level of faith. So today, as a part of this, I just want to share some of the stories because we haven't necessarily been together. You might not know the stories of what God is doing in his people through our church. And so I want to tell you first, uh, let me start with Edgar's story. Edgar and his wife Erica, they are missionary partners of ours, and they live in Guadalajara, Mexico. And just like us, as they've started their church, they've had to close it down and go online only. And it's something they've been able to do in Guadalajara. They've been able to broadcast, and they've encouraged people to do what we have done this summer. That is, reach out to the neighbors. And so people are reaching out, and they're doing watch parties. And they're gathering together with their friends, and they're saying, Hey, will you watch church with me online? And in the midst of all that, people have started come, coming to Christ just recently, Edgar told me a couple weeks ago that they opened up for their in-person services and people have gathered from all over the city in Guadalajara and they did a baptism service where 15 people were baptized. But here's the news. Edgar said, I only knew one. I only knew one of those people. All the rest, the other 14, were people who had never shown up in the church before. They had never been in the presence of the assembly with others, but they had been reached out to. They had come to know Christ through their neighbors and by watching online. And Edgar was celebrating what God did in the midst of this pandemic. This last year, our church has seen people come to Christ and even recently seen people come to Christ who have never been in any of our campuses. They've only watched online. One of those stories is about Samantha. I recently was in touch with Samantha and talking with her. 
She's wanting to be baptized and getting ready to be baptized in January, looking forward to that. Here's what Samantha says. She said, in September, I fell into a really dark place mentally. I didn't want to live anymore due to the massive struggles in my marriage. One day I fell to my knees and I cried and begged God to heal me. I begged him to help me. I started praying every day because I felt as though God placed his hands on me that day. I felt a calmness overtake me as if God was showing me that there were more to my story. She says, I watch church online now every week. Samantha, if you're with us, we're praying for you. She says, I pray every day I've been guiding my husband and kids towards God. She said, I once was weak, but now I'm strong. Do you hear that? It is the deliverance. I was stuck, now I'm saved. God did something in the midst of her struggle. You might be holding on today, and maybe your marriage is struggling. Maybe you find yourself in a dark place mentally. Maybe you don't want to keep going anymore. There's hope. God heard her cries in the midst of her struggles and in the pandemic, and he pulled her out, and she is now singing a new song, and that can be your story too. God's deliverance in private is to be declared in public. Then there's Kendra. Kendra, she's one of our young adults. She leads a young adult group. It has been difficult enough for her starting out after college and starting this life out. But 2020 was a little bit more than she had anticipated. In January 2020, Kendra was engaged to be married, but by summer that was over. And the home that she thought she was going to move into wasn't going to be there for her moving forward. So she says, I offered this situation to God in prayer and he directed me to trust in a new, unknown adventure. It was ultimately a decision that helped me close some needed doors in my life and left me open for new opportunities. This year has been a roller coaster to say the least, she said. I felt stripped of many people and the things I thought I wanted in my life only to have God meet me in that place and to do more with this year than I thought was even possible. God blessed me with many people and resources I never imagined I would have in my life. But what he did the most was meet me in the days when things were hard and I was weak. Oh man, do you hear that? He met me in the days when things were hard and I was weak. Kendra found the hope to hold on. And now she's on solid ground. She's on the other side of that being stuck. And God has done some things in her life that she'd never even imagined. Many of our young adults have experienced loneliness and struggle this year. How do you find a job when businesses are shut down or businesses have changed their budget and no longer can hire new people? But Kendra found that God turned to her in those times and met her when those days were hard. So if you find yourself in a broken relationship, unemployed, underemployed, hold on. God hears your cries. He is turning to you. He is reaching out to take you out of stuckness, if there is such a word. God's deliverance in private is to be declared in public. Some of us find ourselves dealing with COVID and other health problems. Three weeks ago, my wife and I, we jumped in the car, and we headed to Lapeer, Michigan, because my 
wife's sister, Vivian, was sick with COVID. She was hospitalized and she was doing worse. They were moving her to critical care and all my wife wanted to do was stand across the street at a gas station in Lapeer and wave at her sister for what she believed would be the last time. Many of you prayed for Vivian, and she is now on the other side, and we are praising God for that. I reached out to Vivian this week just to hear part of her story. She was put in critical care on oxygen, and she said she wanted to cry out to the Lord, but she felt like he was far away. She felt that her relationship with him had fallen away. See, she believes in Jesus. She used to go to church, but crisis, relocation, life got in the way of pursuing that relationship. She said the feeling scared her. When she was able to recover enough to go home, and she's still recovering slowly, she joined one of our online services with my brother-in-law, Dale. And she asked for prayer. And one of our hosts, Emery, spent some time with her. Thank you, Emery. And she's begun to watch our services. Vivian, if you're watching today, welcome. She's beginning to pray with her husband. She's reached out to her friends to start a Bible study. God literally brought her out of the mire and muck of COVID and near-death experience, and she is on solid ground today, and we are praising God for that. But it's what God did in the midst of that. If God feels distant to you today, you are not alone. If you're dealing with sickness today, you are not alone. Vivian found that as she sought God's face, she found him. He was there all along. And now her faith is growing each and every day. Again, if you need prayer this morning, would love for you to let us know. One of our hosts, those who are online, would be glad to reach out to you privately, to pray with you, to be there for you. But I want you to know that God's deliverance in private, what is happening behind these scenes, needs to be declared publicly. I've got one more story. And this came in this week. It's a story from Denny. Denny, I hope you're joining us today. Denny doesn't live in our area. Denny doesn't attend our church. That's what I love about this story. Many of these stories have nothing to do with people gathering here at our campuses. Denny's uh, daughter and son-in-law attend our church. But Denny is a retired police officer and in April became sick with COVID-19. He, he gave us a story this week. He said uh, they couldn't take him to the closest hospital, which was Midland, because the hospital had been flooded by the dams breaking. Talk about 2020. So they transferred him to another hospital, and on April 26th, after slowly getting worse, he was put into a coma and placed on a vent. The family was called, and they told the family that he wasn't going to make it. Three weeks later, he was stable, but still on a vent, so they moved him to another hospital, and they put him on a vent floor where he received a trach to help him with his breathing, still in a coma. Denny said he didn't wake up until August, from April 26th to August. Then he was moved again and placed into a nursing home. He had a second surgery just this last week. 
He still has most of his, eight of his fingers are numb. His neck is numb. But here's what Denny said. Since I woke up in August, I have not missed a service online, even from my hospital bed. I'm having a lot of depression, and each service seems to hit me at the right time. Tell Pastor Pete and the team, thank you. People, God has been at work in our midst. There are those who feel stuck this morning. There are those who are on the other side, who God has done some miracles this last year. Maybe you just want to write in there what God has done for you. He has answered prayer, restored relationship, new life, healed me, found hope. If you're on the other side, we want to declare what God has done in his deliverance so that others who are holding on can find hope and strength, that they can trust in the Lord because God wants to deliver them too. As you reflect on 2020, my prayer is that your story is one of God's deliverance, of God moving in your life, maybe not the way you thought he would, but you have found something new that God is doing in you and through you. If you are on the other side right now, I want to encourage you to tell us your story. We have a site, allshores.org stories or you can upload a short video, or you can just simply type out, like Denny and others have done, tell us your story of what God has done so that you might be an encouragement to others, so that many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. I want to encourage you to do that today. Find the time as you're reflecting going into 2021, what has God done for you, and how can your story be an encouragement to others? Oh, that others might see and trust in the Lord. Our prayer for you, for those of you who feel stuck, hold on. Let us know. We want to reach out to you just as the Lord does and help you through whatever you're going through. But if you're on the other side, man, let us know as well so that you can be an encouragement and you can be a hope. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for your work. We thank you for your deliverance. We thank you for answered prayer. We thank you that you turn to us when we cry out. God, there are many who today might still feel stuck in whatever circumstances they are in right now. But God, I pray that today they would find hope that they might hold on because your deliverance is there. It is coming. God, for those of us who find ourselves on the other side, would you encourage us to be bold about our story, to share and declare what it is that you have done for us, that our family members, our neighbors, our acquaintances, those who are around us, Lord, might hear the story of your power that's at work in our lives. We ask this in the power and the name of Jesus. Amen.